Hello and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to one of the oldest AHL franchises in all the land, the longest single running name team in all of the league, 80 plus years in running, the Hershey Bears. Hello everyone, my name is Richard Blosser, welcoming you to this bizarre hockey podcast experiment. Yes, everyone, I am with you once again, back behind a microphone, talking hockey with each and every one of you. The last time while we talked, I was with Maryland Sports Blog, and the great American sports machine was up and running, and we were just getting back from a trip in the Northeast. we just gotten back from Providence in a hell of a game up in the Northeast, where we got five points out of six that weekend, took two from Hartford, and holding steady in that top three of the Atlantic Division. The last goal scored well, well was by Matt Molson, and we came back. We were looking ahead. We were having the Toronto Marlies coming back to play us on Friday, and we were heading into the home stretch of the AHL season, and, well... That, my friends, is when the world went crazy and everything went wrong. And I won't lie to everyone, it's it's been a rough spring and summer for me. I am no longer with Maryland Sports Blog. I am I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys in on what I've been up to over the spring and summer as we start out the podcast. I will get to the good stuff. I will get to Hershey Bears hockey. I will. I promise you that. Shut up, phone. But as important as it is to uh, for us to see where the Bears are going, I just want to let everyone who's listening to this know where I'm coming from. So um, once, once we got into May and June, I decided that I was going to leave Maryland Sports Blog and get out on my own. I had been uh, getting some contacts and networking through Twitter and decided to go out into the hockey Twitter sphere and make a name for myself and start doing things on my own. And I decide to do this in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. (laughs) Well, I was never one for timing. And June was really rough for, well, all of us. And then hockey came back in June. And I've been doing these little one-shoot articles with the thesourcepodcast.com throughout the summer. They let me to flex create my creative muscles a bit. And it wasn't until I started uh, having some banter with the Tip of the Iceberg podcast and talking to them. The two Knicks, as I call them. They run it. Uh, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. You will hear about that. So um, I start talking to them. And does everybody remember that scene in, in A Step Brothers where Will Ferrell and John C. McGinley are yelling, all of a sudden start agreeing, and they go, did we just become best friends? Yep. Well, that's what pretty much happened to us. I uh, thanked them, and sa- I I followed them. They followed me back. I told them it was good to find a fellow hockey fans. We started sending each other Penguins gifts, and bada-bing, bada-boom, there we go. Hey, buddy, how you doing? <laughs> and at the end of July... They let me come on their show. And uh, we talked about the the pens and les inhabitants. Just stick with me, everyone. Just stick with me. And 
when I was talking to them, after I got done talking to them, I should say, it sort of got me going again. It got me wanting to, to get back in front of this microphone and talk to hockey with each and every one of you, except the problem was, while the NHL was running its, its bubble hockey tournament, the AHL has had nothing, nothing, not a blip, nothing, butkus, since mid-May and Dave Andrews announced the season was over and the first time in the over 80 years of the Calder Cup, it would not be hand out. Funny, the Calder Cup has survived two world wars, Nam, Korea, several other plagues, and it can't survive this. Damn shame. Anyway, it was fun to have hockey banter back on Twitter once again, and I got to follow along with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and for about five stressful days, I watched them lose in four games to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. But it reminded me of what I did with all of you and the the recaps that I would do with you guys and be able to, to talk banter with everyone. And it made me realize, God, I miss all of you. I really do. I, I, I miss going to Giant Center. I miss yelling out with the period to Jared Ronsky. Hey, Jared, how much time is left in the period? God bless him. The man plays along whenever we do that. I miss that. I miss I miss traveling with my boys up and down the East Coast and maybe down south to Charlotte. Or if we're feeling frisky, we head all the way up to Utica or Rochester. You know, and thinking about the uh, planned trips that we would do and stuffing ourselves into the corner of Mohegan Sun Arena. And maybe if we're feeling really, really frisky... We'll go out east, down 78, to the Electrodrome, known as the PPL Center. And by all means, this should have been opening weekend. I should be talking to you about what the Bears are doing this season and whether they won the weekend or whether we got work to do or not. I should be doing a recap of the first weekend of the Hershey Bears, and yet, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm rambling and getting distracted, aren't I? I am. Anyway, thanks to the two Knicks, I was able to put myself out on Twitter um, and Fansided reached out to me. And I'm actually writing for them now. What am I doing? Oh, I'm writing for Puck Pros, which is their NHL one. And I'm doing one of their... I'm writing about another NHL team. Uh, they're, They're not important right now. Anyway, so... um. Yeah, I, I'm now part of the sports media in some way. And I've been able to make some really good connections with the Hockey Podcast Net- Network, a podcast for every team in the NHL. 32 of them, I think. I think 32. And I thank them for, for bantering with me on Twitter, playing along, and giving support. And I also thank all of you. I thank Gavin on the Hershey Bears fan club page who have been posting pictures of old bears and old stories from the barn. And the Bears' social media has found ways to get through the summer, including some lovely old old videos from the days at the old barn. There's a couple of really good ones. But it doesn't replace us being a giant center. And I want to tell all of you, 
and I'm telling you this through the microphone, from me to you, is that, you know, there, there's a scene in Lord of the Rings when um, Pippin, the two hobbits, um, one of them, Pippin, is being taken by Gandalf to Minas Tirith because he had a vision of the city burning. So Gandalf's going to take them as quick as he can to warn the king and get and get them ready. So what ends up happening is that Pippin is scared to death because they're leaving under the cover of night. It's it's not, well, grab a few things, say goodbye to everyone, and away you go. Nope, it's pack whatever you can and get on that horse. We're riding. And so he's about ready to go. And Mary the one hobbit that's been with him just looks at him and says, and realize how scared he is and just looks him in the eye and tells him, we will see the Shire again, Pippin looks him dead in the eye and tells that. And that's what I'm telling all of you through this radio. I mean, this radio, this microphone, we will see giant center again. I promise all of you. I don't know how I don't know where, and I don't know when, all I know is that our Gubner has opened up indoor facilities in this state. Yes, it's only 10 per- Giant Center could only operate at 10% or maybe up to three grand. And I know there are a lot of you that are listening to this who, who don't like it, who don't like the governor. That's okay. You're allowed to have your opinion. I'm not on here to tell you how to think. There's plenty of other podcasts that can do that. I won't. But I'm sort of playing the long con, for lack of better words. What I'm telling everyone is that, yes, it's 10% now, but maybe once we get to the new year, it could be 25. It could be 50. It could be 35, but it won't be 10. It shouldn't be 10. And yes, they might open it up to full season ticket holders only. In fact, ones who did roll over last year's account might be the only one that gets access. And I know for some of you out there, that's not good enough. That's no. No, that, that there probably will be masks and temperature screening and distancing. And I know for some of you, that's not good enough. It's not. No masks. They're freedom. America. And you're allowed to think that way. Or some of you still won't feel safe going. You know, because I hate to admit it, our fan base is a bit, um, um, how do I put this there? A bit ancient. That's what happens when you have a multi-generational fan base and fans that are well into their 60s and 70s. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You can I've had great banter with old school uh, fans up in Providence. I met a couple graduates from Boston College, class of 68. Great guys to talk to. Same thing at Giant Center, same thing with Rochester. But even amongst this, some of them aren't going to go because they don't feel safe. And in my opinion, this hack's opinion in front of a microphone, that's your choice. That's your decision. But for all of you that are going to come on here and ask, when is the AHL going to start up? When is it going to start up? What's their plan? Well, honestly, we don't have one right now. We really don't. I mean, they're trying to work on it. We're trying to work on how to get the U.S. border up and running. But I don't know anything right now. And when I know, you will know, and we will talk about it on this podcast. I promise you. But to quote Marge Simpson from The Shinning, we're just going to have to wait and see. And all of you are just going to have to hold on for just a little bit longer. I know you can. I know all of you can. I believe in all of you.
All right, enough of my uh, rambling out of the way. Let's uh, let's actually talk some Bears stuff, everyone. So the Bears just haven't been uh, twiddling their thumbs during the offseason. They really haven't. Uh, shoot, lost my tab. There we go. There we go. So um, the Bears have been busy during the offseason, and we do have signings and player news and stuff to talk about. Now, I can't go over everything that's happened. Um, I'm going to... This is going to take me several weeks to get through, like what the Capitals have done, what the Bears have done. Free agency is still ongoing. So, um, excuse me, I will cover bits and pieces of bigger stories here and there. And I'm hoping to have some other guests on to talk about Hershey Bears hockey on in the near future. But let's just dip into some news. So um, this happened all the way back on May 15th. Let me just bring this up here. Probably be better if I had it automatically brought up. Um, on May 15th, the Hershey Bears and the Washington Capitals announced that they have a new affiliate agree- agreement extending all the way to the 23-2024 season. We'll be done with the pandemic by then. Uh, the Bears, of course, are thrilled to announce, this is from their website, that they will continue their pop partnership with the Washington Capitals. The two teams have been affiliated since 2005, going on 15 seasons in the AHL. They have qualified 12 times in the playoffs during that tenure, and we probably would have had a 13th if not for this whole pandemic thing. During the affiliation, the Bears have won three Calder Cups in 06, 09, and 10. Since the club's affiliation in 2005, they reached the Cup Finals five of the 15 seasons, most recently in 15-16. No other franchise in the AHL has even touched that. The Bears were the vital part of the Washington Capitals 2018 Stanley Cup championship team, and 14 former and current Bears played on Washington this season, including Travis Boyd, John Carlson, Christian Juice, Martin Febiari, Brandon Holtby, Tyler Lewington, Beck Malenstein, Steen, whatever, Dmitry Orlov, Magal Scarbosa, Ilya Samsonov, Jonas Siegenthaler, Chandler Stevenson, Jacob Verana, and... Ugh, Tom Wilson. Ugh. And did you know the Capitals and Bears were previously affiliated from 1977 through 1984, which includes the great 1980 Calder Cup championship squad, but we'll cover that team on a different show. So to me, to this hack, this is good news. It makes logical sense that the Bears and Capitals keep going. Their affiliation is strong. If, for some odd reason, something happens, they're not that far away. The, the, the Bears are not that far away from Washington to send players. But what I hear from the fan base a lot is they don't like the Capitals. They don't like them. My favorite player doesn't get called up. I don't like Washington. They, they, they make unnecessary trades. They don't start my favorite player. I don't like them. I'm not joking. This is what I hear a lot. And this is what I reply to some of the fan base. And this is what shuts them up who always argue about this affiliation. Here's what I ask them. Okay. You want the Bears to get out of the affiliation. Fine. Whom steps in their place? You want Washington out? Who comes in? 
Ah, uh, well, it should be the Philadelphia Flyers. The Bears were previously affiliated with them. Uh, let me see. Show me the Flyers. I'm sorry, that's not up there on the big board. Um, yeah. The Flyers love their affiliation with the Phantoms. The Phantoms are about an hour away from Philly, depending on traffic and time of day. Heck, their ECHL is an hour from Allentown, depending on 78 traffic. That's one of the best logistical pipelines in the entire league, next to the Toronto Marlies, who are literally right next door to the Maple Leafs. So, if you're Washington, why would you want to give that up? Let's say, on a moment's notice, you go, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, beep. Uh, yeah, TJ Oshie pulled a hammy in, at morning skate, and can you send a guy down? Yeah, uh, Gersich. Actually, make it Pilon, and make sure he's down by 5 o'clock. All right, thanks, bye. Or, beep, boop, 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 beep. Uh, yeah, somebody got food poisoning. We need a defenseman. Fevyari, good. See him tonight. He'll lace him up. Click. It's as simple as that. You know, in the Pacific, or out west, I mean, or, sorry, I started that wrong. Utica's got to fly all the way out to Vancouver. Now, that's a logistical nightmare. Um, You know, why would you want to give that up? Well, they should just sign with, with, with Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh. Okay, well, <laughs> not exactly the best answer, but you never know what's on the big board. Survey says... Ah! Ooh, I'm sorry. It's it's just not not there. One more chance, and the other and the other family will get a chance to steal the bank. So, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Turned into Ray Combs there for a second. Anyway, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh's not going to give up their affiliation. They like being with Wilkes-Barre for the better part of two decades. They've won three Stanley Cups, and they're more than happy to tell you that. They've had multiple call-ups by Ozma, Tyler Kennedy, a bunch of their Stanley Cup winning squad came through Wilkes-Barre. And they're more than happy to tell you that. So, they're not going to give that up. And would you really want the Bears to be the affiliate of the Pittsburgh Penguins? Yes, I would. Shut up. But what... Would they really want that here? Trust me. I, I see more black and orange at Bears games than I do see black and gold. So, uh, yeah. Who else? Who else? Who else? Oh, the Seattle Kraken? Survey says... And... Oh, I'm sorry. That's three strikes. Now the other family's going to have a chance to steal it. <laughs> no. The Seattle Kraken have the Palm Spring... Well, whatever they're going to be called. And... You know, why? Why? E- even if it is a Pacific connection, they're going to want to get rid of that to save logistics. And I know, I know, we've had other AHL swaps um, recently this year. But all of my joking aside, it is better that the Bears stay with the Capitals. You may not like them, but the pipeline does work. The pipeline got fractured at times for a couple years it helped produce a Stanley Cup champion. But for all the Bears that get called up and called back, they may not get the playing time that you want. But just this past season, again, 14 former and current Bears play for Washington. That's 14 out of 25, I believe, on a roster. 
you could have, either 25 or 23, that's well over 60%. That's pretty damn good. Most teams can't say that. And, well, to quote the late Macho Man Randy Savage, you may not like it, but you accept it. It's had success. And there's no other reason to stop it now. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at some resignings we've gotten as well. I'm not going to cover everyone here, um, since um, I want to bring other uh, Bears writers and bloggers on as well to talk about these. I'll get through some of the important names today. Um, kind of had a uh, a uh, had a segment all planned out for this, but it 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 kind of fell through. So um, so seat of your pants broadcasting at its finest. Let's keep this going. All right, let's see which one of the uh, the first names we got here. I'm going to leave some of the the college ones behind for someone who was more skilled to talk about that stuff. Uh, but let's see. In July, uh, Steve Hobo Whitney's actually coming coming back. The Bears were able to resign Steve Whitney to a deal. All the way back on July 16th. Bringing up his tab right now. Uh, let's see here. Da, 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 da. Steve Whitney, age 29, was just limited to 15 games with Hershey last year due to injury. Recording four points, two goals, and an ass- and two assists. He skated five games for the South Carolina Sp- Stingrays, posting nine points, five goals, and four assists. And earning a player of the week. Huzzah. Um... Boston College uh, product and actually won the national championship with the Eagles in 2010 and 2012. Uh, Funny story, I think Steve Whitney is related to Joe Whitney, who spent a cup of coffee with the Bears in the uh, 16-17 season, if I'm correct. Now, let me tell a little little story about uh, Joe. We have a nickname for Joe Whitney. His nickname was uh, Hobo Joe. And the reason being was that, you know, you see at Giant Center and, you know, whenever the Bears score a goal, they put, you put your face up. And um, that season they were using faces instead of poses to show who'd scored the goal. Well, when Joe Whitney's face came up, um, it wasn't very flattering. His hair was ruffled. His smile was, was weird. And he looked disheveled. Let me put it that way. And uh, Jesse's dad, Jim, said behind us, he looks like a hobo. And we all just started busting up laughing because he did. So ever since then, we dubbed Joe Whitney Hobo Joe. And um, that was his his goal score nickname. And uh, so I got to meet Steve Whitney at the uh, player autograph night. And I, I think he's Joe's brother. And... I talked to him and I'm like, you know, we told I, I told him a story about, you know, about Joe that he that he um he didn't look the best in one of his um in one of his pictures and he just laughed it off and went, "Yeah, Joe wasn't always the best for pictures." <laughs> and we 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 cracked up. And uh good guy, glad to have him back. Salad bottom four player, and uh, good to have him back. A couple days later, the Bears were able to bring back forward Matt Weiss, 
or Wise Weiss, Wise W E I S Wise. He signs an AHL deal. Former uh, Chicago Wolf, uh, 25 years old, skated six games for the Bears last season, making his debut on November 27th versus Providence. He spent the majority of the season. This from HersheyBears.com of the 1920 campaign with Hershey's ECHL affiliate, the South Carolina Stingrays, collecting 41 points, 11 goals, and 30 assists in 39 games with a plus 25 rating, if you're into that kind of thing. Um, He spent time with the Chicago Wolves, scoring um, 11 points there in 60 games during his rookie campaign. Uh, He was on the Chicago squad that made the 2019 finals in over 22 playoff games. He had four points, two goals, and two assists. Now, um, that team took on the Charlotte Checkers and lost severely. Uh, let's see here. Matt's a, uh, let's see here, an Ohio State product. Um, spent three seasons in the USHL and the Grand, with the Green Bay Gamblers. Okay. Uh, Weiss wasn't that bad. I mean, he was a guy that got called up for um, injury reasons. And um, again, another solid guy. I mean, hey, guy gets a contract. He's back. I'm happy. I'm happy for him. And uh, on August 7th, this was news that made my day that I was hoping was going to happen because it has been a long time since I've said this name that I've been able to say this because he was the last man to score a goal for the Hershey Bears last year. And time has stopped on this. And what does the clock say? <laughs> it's Matt o'clock, everyone! <laughs> Matt Molson, the grizzled veteran of the team, former New York Islander, is back with the Hershey Bears this season. It's Matt o'clock again, you bastards. <laughs> Credit Ross Twiddell and Cultaholic on that one. As Matt Molson was able to re-sign with the Hershey Bears, the man the man wants a championship, plain and simple. And we want to give it to him. Number 26 on the Bears, Matt Molson, age of 36, served as the alternate captain for the Bears, leading the team in goals, 22 pl- power play goals, 11 first goals of the game. That's a thing. Seven and shots at a buck 72 and finished second on the team in points at 41. A product of North York, Ontario. He is a Maple Leafs fan. Um, was uh, acted as a playing captain captain for the 2020 All-Star Classic in Ontario. He also spent two seasons with the Ontario Reign. The man has been around in the NHL from Los Angeles to the New York Islanders to the Buffalo Sabres and the Minnesota Wild. And I can tell you this. I am personally glad to see this man back. He is a vital part of the Hershey Bears, a big reason for their success. The Bears want to get him a ring, um, some sort of ring. The man's never hoisted the Stanley Cup in, it, in, it, in his life. I mean, he's had some... He's had success, just never the success that he that he deserves. And we firmly believe if the Bears would have won the Calder Cup last year... And he had a legit chance. He probably would have retired. But he's back. One year. AHL deal. 
and it's good to have Matt back because the Hershey Bears season stopped at Matt o'clock. You know when you see those apocalyptic futures and there's a clock tower and the, and the hands are stopped from where the bomb hit or whatever doomsday happened? That's what's happened with the Bears. The Bears' clock is stopped at Matt o'clock, and it will start again. Matt Molson, good to have you back there, buddy. I look forward to yelling it's Matt o'clock out in Giant Center yet again. Great signing. And before we continue on, I'm actually going to bring on my partner in crime, my buddy Joe Dub, Joe Watkins, who had joined me on Perched on the Ice from time to time. He's going to join me here, and we're going to talk about some uh, Bears and Caps free agency. A little bit of banter between me, me and him. He'll be on right after this. Are you a fan of the Washington Capitals? Do you bleed red, white, and blue? Do you enjoy hockey banter about where Brandon Holtby's going next in his career? Perhaps Henrik Lundqvist coming to the Capitals? Or just throwing shade on the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, do we have a podcast for you? The Hockey Troll and Pauly Cupcakes present to you the official Caps Chirp Podcast. A podcast that covers everything Washington Capitals from Alex Ovechkin, all the way down to to Nick Jansen and Ilya Samsonov. Pauly Cupcakes and Hockey Troll cover cover everything and bringing guests around the hockey world. They are one of the many of the Hockey Podcast Network, and if you're a fan of the Caps, give them a listen on either Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop Monday on the Hockey Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. That's the official Caps Chirp Podcast, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. And we are back after a short short break. Joining me here on the podcast is my tag team partner, the Dean Ambrose to my Seth, Seth Rollins. The um, well, there's probably one I could think of better than this right now, but I can't. He's joining me, my partner in crime, my traveling partner, Joe Watkins, Joe Dub, Joe, buddy. It's been too long, hasn't it? Well, <laughs> it's been too damn long. Yes, it has. It has indeed been way too damn, indeed been way too damn long for us to uh to talk together here on this show so um good to have you on man let's talk some hockey damn it so um well neither well neither have we and um so let let's get into it um with a couple of the uh bear signings that that I've I've sort of talked about so far. 
Um, so I'm going to just toss them your way, a couple of batting practice fastballs, and you can just take some swings at them. The big one is, of course, uh, Matt Molson, former New York Islander, joining the Bears once again at the ripe tender age of 36. Alternate captain last year, the grizzled veteran of the team, um, looking to get one last shot at some sort of championship. I was really happy to see him get re-signed all the way back on August 7th. And this was a man who scored the last Hershey Bears goal before the world went crazy. So, very good to have him return to the team. I was ecstatic when we re-signed. Um, overall, he is a more than a leader in that locker room, definitely. Um, I sp- I know we talked about it off and on throughout the season prior. Basically, it was either him or Scarbosa as captain in that locker room. And honestly, you could say you don't need a true C captain on your team if you have Scarbosa and Molson running the rails. And obviously, Molson has that much leadership, not just coming from a veteran status, but teaching these younger kids to step up and everything, and it's showed. Definitely with players such as Pilon, Pinho, Gersich, and maybe even so much on the uh, the defensive side with um, with uh, Fivyari and Alexander Alexiev, just a guy to go, young fella, this is what you do. This is how you handle your business when you go up into the, into the NHL. And, um, you know... With the way the season ended last year, you could tell that he was just, along with everybody else, just devastated the way that that it 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 ended. He really wanted one last shot. You could see it in his eyes, and now to have him come back, this this club's going to do everything to make sure he he gets that. Absolutely, and with how Molson is overall, just from what we've heard off the ice. Fantastic father, and on top, and basically hanging out with kids at the medical center. It's he's a family man, and as we all know, Hershey loves guys that basically that go out and help the community, especially like that. Oh yeah, if you are a community guy, Hershey's going to love you. See Reckless, comma Joel. So um, we're going to take a look at a few other signings from back in uh, in July. Um, um, Steve Whitney and Matt Weiss was brought back to uh, to Hershey. Um, I, sa- I shared the story about how he talked to Steve Whitney about Hobo Joe. Um, Steve got limited by injury last year, but um, he seemed a nice, solid depth piece for Hershey. Uh, Weiss did a lot more in South Carolina than Hershey, but... He seemed like a reliable guy who could get called up, and then he may be doing for more of the same this season, but he was reliable, if nothing else. That's definitely a side piece that Hershey needs in case it's sort of like the any without type situation from last season where if you don't, you don't have the spot, you get sent down. But when you get called up, you definitely have the spot to move forward. And with Whitney, that was just a damning injury that came at the wrong time. Obviously, with the stir-crazy injury 
situations we had throughout the season. Um, overall, Whitney is, to me, a mixture of Brian Bork and Aaron Ness. He's one of those mm. gritty guys, but at the same time, he's a big setup guy that we need. You brought up Ryan Bork, and that just seems like a, a solid defensive forward, which um, some will argue is becoming a lost art in the NHL these days, although it can work, see uh, see Couturier for that. Um, and like you said, when you get your chance to come up in Hershey, make sure you you make the most of your time, and it seemed like Matt tried to do that, but just there was just never room on the roster for him. He fell victim to what um, Hyatt had at the beginning of the season, on the way I look at it. His skill is, his skill is there. It's just others were there because Washington was eyeing them up most of the time. Correct. So, um, all right, let's... Uh... Let's move on down the line we go. This was another one. This happened back on August 19th, and this was one I was really excited for. Uh, defenseman Eddie Whitko had re-signed with the Bears a one-year AHL deal. Uh, Whitchow, Whitko, whatever you call him, age 27, split time between Hershey and South Carolina last season. Eddie posted only nine points, five goals, four assists in 22 games collected 29 penalty minutes, and he scored on his Hershey debut November 31st versus Belleville. His five goals tie his career best. Um, the best Eddie goal that I can remember is when we were in Hartford, and he scored the one and only game on the last Friday night game of the season we had. Um, I love Eddie Whitko's play, just a big, beefy defenseman. A guy who is no problem just staple gunning people to boards. Um, he plays hard but doesn't play rough. And just seems like that gritty big defenseman that uh, Hershey Bears fans tend to gravitate toward. You and I are in the same boat. I'm pretty sure along with other fans as well. When Eddie re-signed, I was, you probably heard mountains move from me screaming. Um <laughs> He was probably the, the last player I talked to before the season ended, and that was in Hartford. Mm -hmm. And honestly, his gameplay is definitely one to watch. And sometimes when we're up in the crow's nest talking about people that we don't see or people that we do see, they don't really say very negative things about Eddie. He's usually there. He's the guy that's rushing in the corners, winning the corner battles that we need to win. And otherwise, he was, he's a physical guy when he needs to be, especially one of those guys that if he, if he sees something happen to one of the players, he will, I should say his fellow players, he'll definitely step in and have something to say about it. But otherwise, he's very key on defense, whether it's a three-on-one or even a two-on-one or hell one-on-none, he could even, he could get back there for his size. And otherwise, a great person outside of the, the rink. And overall, I think this was a very key sign that we needed, saying we're not going to be getting certain defensemen back. We sort of need something to at least 
make a staple for our team. And as we all know, we didn't like him when he played for Springfield. But mm. when he came to us, he brought that gameplay. So the time has turned. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely has. Like, I... I just he's he's six four two twenty five and just and just can be a freight train when he wants to and just a really solid defensive defenseman um, in an era when defensemen just want to shoot the puck and always jump up and plays he's a guy who knows when to stay back and surprise surprise play defense so um and you know the Bears fans always gravitate to that type of player. And um, like you said, you know, we, we've we seen defensemen in, in Hershey get absolutely crapped on. We're we're guilty of that. But um, you've never heard a bad word about, uh, about Eddie. Good to have him back. Uh, let's try and get one more before we get you out the door. And let's talk about the position that you once manned donning the pads of ignorance. Um, the goal, bear sign goaltender... Zach Fu- Zach Fukeli, um, I know I screwed that up, which is why we need to have more hockey back so I can learn his name, to a one-year, two-way deal. Um, uh, let's see, Zach, 25, posted a record of 10, 8, and 4, with a 2.36 goals against average and a 9.28 save percentage in 24 games with the Orlando Solar Bears last year. He got one game with the Syracuse Crunch and a 3-2 loss at Laval. He is a Quebec native himself, played in the Spangler Cup, 25 years old, did some time with the Chicago Wolves as well, and the St. John's Ice Caps. He's, the man has been around, to say the least. Draft pick of the, of the Montreal Canadiens, and now he is with the Hershey Bears. Your witness. This, this gentleman, um, we know him from first teams as the Laval Rocket. Dang. And also from the Syracuse Crunch for one game. Dang. Um, specifically, this gentleman, when we played him when he played for Laval. Oh, boy. That's all I can say about it. Um, I'm not going to go in detail. He wasn't that great when we played him, but that was, then again, that was also two, three years ago. Um, obviously, to me, this is a depth signing, not for Hershey, not for Washington. His role is going to be a spot for, that was Milner's mm-hmm. in South Carolina. Because if I've been reading correctly with the bulletin situation in the organization, there's no room for Fukali to be in Hershey. Correct. Is there going? Would there be room for him? Obviously, at injury, yes, he'd be most likely the one to be called up. You don't have Logan Thompson anymore since he went. Since he's now part of the Vegas organization, you have now the King in DC, and then you have Sammy up there. So then you have the potential for VTech and Copley to stay down here, if not even be potentially used as a three-headed beast. I was sorry, I took that from a article I read. Mm-hmm. That you cap. Yes. Um, where it could be used as a three-headed beast with rotating out of VTech possibly getting NHL time, Copley getting NHL time. Basically the whole reward system, I'm thinking, because as we know, with new head coach Pierre Lafayette, he likes the younger guys. 
So I would I would not be surprised if we see a lot of rotation coming. Yeah, the goaltend definitely a goalie mm. that can be reliable. Yes, and sorry for jumping in on there and cut and cutting you off. Um, um, it will be very interesting to see how the Capitals will handle the goaltending situation moving forward. Obviously, with Lundqvist signing um, earlier in this weekend, but that's another show. To quote Alton Brown, that's another show for another day. It will be very interesting to see how the Capitals handle their goal their goaltending this year from all of the stuff we're hearing with the way the season's going to uh, wrap up both in the uh, uh, AHL and NHL. It, there could be expanded rosters. There could be, um, you know, like you said, have a three-headed monster and bring guys in. There could be conference-only schedules. Just just so much uncertainty up in the air. And um, having depth at any position is not going to hurt this year, especially with a hard, flat, uh, salary cap. That is very true. Now, even the, I'm going to change a little pace here for you, though. Okay. Staying a former Bear has re-signed with the organization, Mr. Cameron Schilling. Yes. That poses my question to ponder for everybody to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does this mean he's going to be put in Bergdorfer's spot? Well, if I am reading uh, Cap Friendly correctly, um, Bergdorfer has moved on, and Schilling is technically the oldest on the non-roster defense. So, um, yes, yeah, he slides into Bergdorfer's spot. Now let me pose this also. You now have him as a veteran AHR mm-hmm. in the league, mm-hmm. and then you have a veteran on our team especially. You think about this. How much influence is he going to have on Bavari and the rising Bobby Nardella as well? Well, we know the Capitals do like Fevari and Double A. Um, so I'd imagine they're going to get extended looks at whatever training camp's going to be, especially with their blue line mess um, up in D.C. with Carlson, Orloff, Schultz, Dylan, Kempney, Jansen, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Siegenthaler. Um, there's no room right now unless somebody gets traded, and I know they want to get Fivyari and AA more time um, up in the NHL where they can. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Capitals really juggle this blue line mess going forward because Cameron Schilling, he's he's he is a former Moose captain or alternate captain, depending on the year. Um, teammate of Scarbosa's for a while there in Manitoba. Um, I think Schilling's a great signing. Adds a veteran presence, takes over Berg to first spot. He's cheap. I see nothing wrong with this. Neither do I, and honestly, I think that's going to make the line stronger because, as we know, what Mr. Brian Helmer was, a very shoot defenseman, mm-hmm. that's definitely what killing, That's definitely what killing was when he was here prior. 
And obviously, I'd like to see what he's brought from what he's learned from other teams. Indeed. And especially with the news that dropped actually earlier today with another um, hard shot and defenseman coming in, the Bears' blue line could be very, very stacked going into next year. But, teaser, that's another show. Joe, thank you for joining me, man. It's been great to have you on. It's been too long since we have we've done this. We got to catch up and do this again more again sometimes. So hang in there, man. Oh yes, hockey will hopefully be coming back sooner rather than later. Well, Bears fans or not. Well, the bit. We will see. Well, the Bears have survived a lot, lot more than this, and hockey will be here when we get back. So, um. Good having you on, and take care, man. Take care, good sir. Yep, you, yep, you too. And that was Joe Watkins joining me on the Grit and Barrett podcast here. My partner in crime, a good man. He's a young cub, but he knows his hockey. He really does. So thank you to him for joining me. Uh, You heard in a bit of the ad break of uh, the Caps Chirps podcast. Please give them a listen, ladies and gentlemen. They are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Give them a listen. Give them a follow. And uh, check them out as well. So I think that was the first good episode for, for everyone. Good episode one. We got a lot of things out of our system. We talked Hershey Bears hockey. Um, I might have rambled on in the beginning a little bit, but um, but you know what? There's a lot for all of us to catch up on, and I'm just going to ask everyone, give me a couple of shows to really iron and work things out, and this will get better as we go along, as we have more hockey that comes back into the pipeline. We're going to have a lot more stuff to talk about, especially once Bears hockey gets back underway. Thank you to Jill for joining me. Um, as I mentioned the capture podcast give them a listen as well and uh, make sure you like and follow this on twitter on pinecast or wherever you get your podcast spotify apple Podcasts, google all that you know the drill so to everyone i thank you thank you for listening you know like drew mcintyre in the wwe looking down the camera when he won the wwe championship and said thank you thank you If you can see this right now, that's what I'm saying to all of you and reaching out to. Thank you for believing in me and thank you for listening. Things will get better. We will see Giant Center again. And remember, as Red Green once said, keep your stick on the ice. We'll catch you next time. (laughs) 